situation or in a place that God never intended you to be and then blame God for that or other people. You made a decision, and I know that you don't like to hear this, but decisions have consequences, good or bad. The Bible is pretty clear about you sow and you reap. If you sow into the flesh, you're going to reap destruction. That's the Bible. It's not Pastor Scout. Now, I'm not trying to hurt anybody's feelings or make you upset, but I'm begging you, please, purpose. to You know, I don't have to intentionally get myself into a mess. I do that by accident enough. But when you purpose to do it, then it's even worse. So my, my, my point is, is we've got a purpose. How many of you got out of bed this morning? Don't raise your hands because I don't want to know the answer if it's not right. Purpose this morning, you got out of bed and brush your teeth. Don't raise your hands. Because if somebody doesn't raise their hands, then I'm going you know, to look at you funny. Okay? How many purpose to even just get out of bed? How many purpose to be here this morning? If you didn't purpose to be here, guess what? You wouldn't be here. How many tomorrow morning are going to purpose to get out of bed and go to work? Whether you like the job or not. Okay? Or how many are going to purpose to say, that's it, I'm not getting out of bed to go to work. And fooey on my employer. Careful, Christian. It's the same thing in the kingdom of God. You are going to have to purpose to pursue or to seek the things of God. It does not happen by accident. I just don't believe that people just, they just oopsie themselves into the kingdom. You have to purpose to do some things. You have to purpose to live as a Christian. I got out of bed this morning and decided I'm going to serve God today. Tomorrow I'm going to have to get out of bed and purpose to serve God again. I'm going to have to purpose to decide whether I like what's going on or don't like what's going on to serve God. There are some days, my wife is really good about this, that I purpose to quit. I do. I, it's come out of my mouth. That's it. I'm done. I quit. That's it. You know, and I haven't said this too often, but it goes through your mind. You know what? If people want to go to hell, let them go to hell. Because I quit. I give up. Nobody wants to listen. You know what? And that, my wife is really good about this. She says, well, honey, I'm praying for you. And then God slaps him around and says, quit your whining. Purpose to love me. Purpose to get your focus where it needs to be. Because you're going to find out what I'm going to talk about in a little bit. If you purpose to do these things, most of the time those other things won't come out of your mouth. All right? So I want to, that was all background. How is it, because I'm saying purpose to obey or purpose to follow the Lord or purpose to pursue God. How do you pursue the Lord? It's really not that hard. We've made it complicated. But I'm gonna give, you might have other points, but I'm going to give you three or four easy ones. How do you pursue or seek the Lord? Number one, number one is this word right here. People say, I'm seeking the Lord. Well, have you been in your word? Uh-uh. Then how are you? Tell me. How does that work? How can you seek the Lord? I mean, that would be like me saying, hey, I'm seeking Davine, but I'm looking at her. No, you've got to be, you know, I've got to seek the one that you, you've got to look at the one you're seeking. Are you purposing to seek God? And it is the word of God. Because this is what it says in 1 John 1.1. 1, 1. In the beginning was the word. 
and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. In John 1.14, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and he, we beheld His glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. You want to pursue Jesus? You're going to have to do it through the Word. Let me ask you something. How is it that you get to know someone? Now, I could sit down with Gary, and I can have a conversation with Gary, okay, about Anna. I could tell once and now here, now listen to me, once a week, once a, now, now listen, I'm going somewhere with this. Once a week, I could sit down with Gary, and I could tell him some things about Anna. Once a week, I could sit down with Anna and tell her some things about, about Gary. Now, let me ask you something. Would they know each other very well? No, they would know some things about them, but they wouldn't know them. But yet people will come once a week to church, and I will tell them about Jesus. You know what my job is, is to try to encourage you, kind of direct you, maybe correct if you need to, but equip you, basically, to have a relationship with the Lord so you can serve God. That's my job. But you come and you hear some things about the Lord once a week. But that's all. Guess what you're getting? You know some things about him, but do you really know him because are you spending time with him? The best way for these two to get to know each other is to spend time together. That's how it works. You have got to purpose to be in this word. And I'll tell you what will happen when you purpose to be in this word. It saves you from a lot of mistakes. It is befuddling to me. How? A man of God in Michigan, one of the biggest churches at that time, this is a few years back, one of the biggest churches in the state of Michigan, can go to the pulpit and say this, make this statement, God is love. True. All right? God doesn't desire anybody to go to hell. True. And then make the statement, therefore, if God is love and he doesn't want anybody to go to hell, there is no hell. Heresy. It's heresy. One of the biggest churches in the state of Michigan. Now, obviously, it fell apart. He's gone. He's out in, I think he's out in California doing a talk show or something. That's, that's where they go when they fall out of the ministry. They go to California and do a talk show. They go to California and start a talk show when you blow out of the ministry. That's what they do. Several of them have done it. Okay? My point is, how... Does anybody follow that? Do you know that Jesus talked more about hell in the Bible than he did heaven? He did. Someday I'm going to, come I'm going to, I'm just going to do a preaching on hell sometime. Not to scare you, just to tell you that it's real and it's, it's, it's about it. But it won't be next week. So relax. Visitors, you can come back. Okay. My point is, how do people get deceived? They don't know this word. Or... They get an offense about something and then they look at a scripture verse and they take that scripture verse and they beat people up with the scripture. This, this sword of the spirit is the sword of the spirit. It's not a sword of the flesh to beat you up with. It's the sword of the spirit to defeat the enemy, to correct things spiritually in our lives. Okay? Okay, that got a big round of, round of applause in the charismatic church that we're in. Let's just, let's just stand up here and pray in tongues for a while because I'm getting scared. Tom, prepare yourself. <laughs> okay? We have to be in this word. And guess what? You've got a purpose to do that. Because I guarantee you, 
The minute you purpose to do that, the enemy tries to bring distractions. Have you ever just said, you know what, I'm going to take just five minutes, just five minutes, and I know you're a mother and you got kids, and just five, five minutes to yourself is like, oh, okay? And you decide, I'm going to take five minutes or ten minutes, I am going to spend a little bit of time, I'm going to read the Bible or I'm going to pray or something like that. In the minute you open your Bible, the phone rings, catastrophe strikes, a hundred things you're thinking about you got to do. This comes up, that comes up. Oh my goodness, what am I going to do? And you get so distracted and you think, you know what I'll do? I'm talking really fast. Um, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to go ahead and if I, I'll just get all this stuff done and then later, then later I'll get to it in the day. And then later in the day comes, well, and then you, you collapse in the bed and say, oh, I'll do it tomorrow. Guess what? You got a purpose to do it. You have to purpose to do it. It's like this. Anybody that works out, I do not work out in my home. People say, well, why not? Because here's what will happen. I'll get on my bike trainer. I'll get on wherever. I hate a treadmill to start with. I hate trainers. I do all my training outside. But the minute I get on the bike, the phone rings. And it's a problem. And it's this and that. And then if I'm at home, well, you know, there's something the dog needs, something. There's a hundred things. So I have to step outside of that and determine I am purposing for this time to do this thing. It's the same thing in the kingdom. You have to purpose to get in your word. You know, people, people, are, people are getting led astray, getting blown out, getting taken out. Not because the enemy is so great. And, and understand my, my words. It's because we are ignorant of the word of God. We don't know. If, listen, if you had a gun in your house and a robber came in, but you didn't know how to use that gun and he took everything you had, that is exactly what the enemy is doing to us. We've got all these weapons of our warfare that we're not using because we don't know how to use them. How do you get to know how to use them? You've got to open this thing up. I promise you. I told you this last week. Well, I don't even know where to start. Open the Bible. Start in Matthew. Okay, just start there. And you read. Well, I don't, want, I don't know if I've got time to read a chapter. Read a verse. Read two verses. I promise you that in your day, going along in your day, that, that, you might read that and say, that has nothing to do with me. Somewhere in your day, that scripture verse is going to be useful. It's just the way it works. Or something's going to jump off the page and be a... Rhema a word to you, revelation to you. When I first got born again, I was reading in Matthew, and it, I did that chapter, I think it's in Matthew 6, 20, 33, something like that, about do not worry. I was a chronic word. And it said, do not worry. And it was like, wow, do you mean I don't have to worry because the Lord's going to provide all these things and do all this stuff, and I can cast my cares upon Him? Yes. Now, does that mean I quit worrying forever? No. But even when I start worrying, I can say, stop. The Lord said he would provide. The Lord said he would take care. And I'm going to give you, I'm, let me tell you another miracle right now about God's provision and stepping out in faith and trusting him. In Cedarville, we've got some electrical issues, and we've got, we're going to the monitor system for our worship. And $1,500 just for the, for, for, for the technology that we need. That's not the installation. And I did the same thing. We, you know, we just let people know that was a need. Somebody walked up and said, $2,000 to install the whole thing for you. Boom. I mean, I wept. A grown man cried. Why? 
Because it was a step of faith. It was stretching. We were like, we know this has to be God, and we're trusting you. And God met the need. Now, I could have sat around. I could have worried and fretted and fussed. And just to be honest, we did for a little while. <laughs> you know, the treasurer and I were having a discussion. I don't know how it works in your house when you have your tr discussions with your treasurers. But it was like, okay, God, we know this has to be. And relax, I'm not taking another offering, so we're good, okay? All right? But understand, the Word became flesh and He dwelt among us, so how do you get to know the Lord? Outside of, do you know, outside of this Word, do you know that when we eat a meal, we feed our flesh? When we read this, we feed our spirit. Do you know there's only a few ways that you can actually feed your spirit? There's only a few ways. This is, and this is the main way. Because see, what happens is when you're feeding your spirit and your spirit's strong, when things come up, your spirit kicks into your, it kicks the soul realm and says, hey, mind, will, and emotions, line up with what the spirit of God's saying, and you know what? You can handle it. You can do that. And the flesh then has to go along with that. But what we too often do, when I know that I haven't really been in my word, now listen, I'm a born-again believer, and I know I got all the fruits of the Spirit, but when I haven't been in my word, and I haven't been in His presence, and I haven't been praying, and I'm not built up that way, something happens, guess what happens? My flesh reacts, it, it nudges your mind, your will, and your emotions, your soul, and says, hey, let's do this, smack them! You know, as much as, as, as good as that would feel, it's not spiritual. And I hate to admit that, but it's not. So what needs to be strong in our lives? Our spirit man. And the only way you can feed him is through this word. We've got to have this word. Okay? Then, so then it says, the second one is prayer. You need to spend some time in prayer. And and, you know, a lot of times it's, again, prayer. And, and I'm, this is tough. You go to pray, and immediately there's a hundred things going on in your mind that you need to do. You know, i got to call this person. i got to call this person. Hey, Lord, Lord, it's me. You know, i got to call them, and i got to do this. And, hey, Lord, you know my needs. And, 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 you know, no, you need to just purpose. Remember, we're talking about how do you pursue the Lord? You have to purpose to do these things. This is how you pursue Him, through the Word, and through prayer. You pursue Him that way. Do you know that you could get in the presence of God reading your Bible? Yeah. Really, you can because all of a sudden you're reading along. I don't know about you, but pretty soon I find myself right in the sandals of the disciples. You know? I imagine myself, you know, with Paul and Silas. Only for a minute, though, because I really wouldn't want to be there. You know, being chained and, you know, everybody says, yeah. I'd like to be like Paul. Really? You want to be shipwrecked, beaten with rods, stoned to death, bit by a couple of snakes? Really? You'd be just like him. If you survive it, yeah. It says, but it says, prayer. It says in Hebrews 4, 15 and 16, for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we have made, obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. 
You can come boldly to the Lord in prayer. Boldly to Him. My, here's my thing. There's a couple, there's a hundred, all kinds of different ways to pray. But in our prayer lives, having a conversation with the Lord, that's good, praying. But when you have situations you need dealt with, the best prayer to have is pray the word of God over your situation. Just like I came and I prayed Psalms 5 over you. That was the Lord's, I was praying that. Praying the word of God over your situation. Notice it goes back to this word again. It goes back to this word. People are, are falling away because they don't know the word. And it's not they're trying to do it on purpose. They're deceived. They're being deceived because they don't know the word. We, people in this church know the word. And i got to be in my P's and Q's because if I mess up, boy, they let me know. Hey! And I'm all right with that. But please, if you come in one day and I say, hey, the Lord says adultery is okay. Next Sunday, this place should be empty. Because that's heresy. Now, don't come to me because you don't agree with what I said and say, you're just a heretic. You know, I've got an open door policy. You can come and say whatever you need to me. But there's also another side. But you're going to sit there and listen to what I have to say too. And do it respectful and I'll be, I'll be very open to hear what you have to say. I, do, I try very hard to make sure that what we're doing is Bible-based and honestly in the truth. And I try not to get off too much. But we do once in a while, you know, somebody, somebody will say, well, I didn't really understand this. I'll explain it to you. Oh, I got it. Or they'll say, well, yeah, this is kind of the way I see it. And I say, well, I can see where you can see that. It's okay. It's all right. In Psalms 10, 17, Lord, you have heard the desire of the humble. You will prepare their heart. You will cause your ear to hear them. God will hear your prayers if you're born again. See, so we talked about how do you pursue God through his word. Number one, prayer. That's another big one. Praying the word is another one. And then I want to go to Exodus chapter 3 and verse 4. Now remember we talked about last week in Exodus, Moses was minding his own business, tending the sheep, saw a burning bush. He purposely said to turn aside to go see what was going on with this bush that was on fire but was not consumed. All right? So we're picking up from that point. And so we talked about the purpose to pursue God. It says in Exodus chapter 3, verse 4, So when the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, now this is a really important point, God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses, listen to this. And here's what Moses said. Here I am. Here I am. So the Lord's calling us, are you saying, here I am? Or maybe when I get to it, God. See, you need to make yourself available. Do you know that the Lord is more? He's looking for availability, not ability. Because, you know, we don't know what it was. <clears throat> but Moses had a problem speaking. They don't. Now, theologians, they don't have a direct, but they're thinking maybe he had a stuttering problem. Or whatever. That's why they had to send Aaron to speak for him. Okay? It wasn't because he was a rock star. It was because he turned aside 
and he said, here I am. Now, most people think they turn aside and say, here I am. Man, they're gonna, he's going to call me into the ministry, and I'm going to have to stand behind this pulpit, and I'm going to have to talk. Relax. Relax. He's going to use you right where you're at, doing right where you're doing, and, and he's going to use you the way he made you. He's going to clean some things up, maybe brush some things off. In my case, he had to take a chisel and a hammer and knock some things off of me. It's not about ability. It's about availability and a proper heart toward the Lord and being submitted to him and the authorities that are over you. See, then he said, do not draw near this place. Take your sandals off your feet, in verse 5, for the place where you stand is holy ground. So the other way that we pursue God is by his presence, getting in his presence. How do you do that? Let me back right up. The word of God, in prayer, in worship, in praise. Those are all ways that God ministers to us in the spirit. All those ways. And basically what he was saying, humble yourself in my presence. And guess what? We have to we can come boldly to the throne of grace. Be bold, but be humble. We need to be humble. Because I'll tell you what, God resists the proud. And even as Christians, we can get, get prideful. Because when I first got born again, listen, I loved God. I had so much zeal, but I was a knucklehead. Really. I got born again and I was like, woo! God got a good thing when he got me. Yeah. I tell my wife that all the time, but she just got to get the old eye roll, you know. <laughs> but I'm sure that's exactly what the Lord did. Boy, God, you got a good thing. Do you know what you got when you got? Oh, yeah, I know what I got, a headache. <laughs> in his presence. So you get in his presence. See, once we purpose, or we're determined to pursue the Lord, and we've got a purpose to be in these things. Then we're in his presence. And in his presence is where you're going to get your instructions. Psalm 1611. You will show me the path of life. In your presence is the fullness of joy. You want fullness of joy? Where do you got to go to get that? I'm going to tell you, it's not at the blue light special at Walmart. It's not even at Myers. I mean, there's times when I pull through Bigby that I think this cup is the fullness of joy. But that only lasts until it's gone. <laughs> and the Lord is the fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. In Revelations 21.3, Revelation, the, the scary book, and I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. Now we know when the Lord wraps all this up, you know, we've got the new heaven, the new earth, the new Jerusalem, all of that stuff. That God, he's gonna, we're going to be with him. But we are with him right now because the Holy Spirit is within us. If you get nothing else out of today, I just this is really trying to be an encouragement. 
if we use Moses as a type and shadow, as an example of, listen, he purposed to turn aside and find out what God was doing. We do that through the word. We do that through prayer. Then we say, here I am. And then in his presence, we're humble. And then next week, I'm going to talk about when you purpose to pursue the things of God and you get in his presence, you get an assignment. And when you get an assignment, now there's a whole other bunch of issues. Are you going to obey him? Are you going to reject him? Are you going to call what I... Let me ask you something. Is delayed obedience really obedience? You know, I mean, kid, clean your room. I want you to clean your room now. Well, I'll get to it. Well, they might get to it. And it's obedience, but it's kind of, I guess it's like this. It's obedience on my terms. Which isn't obedience to Christ. When, when, right, because it's not on our terms. It's on his terms. Now, some would say, well, at least they did it. Give you that. Not a problem, not a problem. However, what happens if your kid's running out into the street and you're hollering and delayed obedience kicks in? There can be very bad consequences even when we delay our obedience. And it may not even cause us an issue. I'm going to close with this story. I was in North Carolina years and years ago, and I've told this story before. We were in a hospital. I was with a senior pastor. I'd been born again three or four years, not, not very long, but I was zealous for the Lord. And, I, and I'm one of those that believe God heals. I believe that. I believe in miracles because the Bible says so. And we believe that here, by the way, for visitors. You know, we're those crazy people that believe God heals. and, and um, Yeah, we're that peculiar people. And so I'm in North Carolina, and I'm with a senior pastor. And my, my grandmother, my, it would be my, well, my step-grandmother, however that works, was in the hospital, okay? And so I was going to go there. We were going to go there to see her and pray. Well, down in that place, man, they found out there was a preacher in the hospital. Everybody in the, hey, come see me. Hey, come pray for me. Hey, come pray for me. And guess what? It's no different up here than it is down there. I've been to the hospital. I met with one, and then I'm praying for the guy next to him. And one, hey, can you pray for me? At that point, people don't care who you are. You'll pray for them. So take advantage of that. So she was, she was not in a good way. She was dying, and, and so we were there to pray for her. Well, there's two other gals that were there. Both of them had cancer. And so we went, and we were praying. We prayed for the one. She was a born-again believer, knew that, she confessed it, talked about it, all this and that. Then we went to the next one, and the pastor, the senior pastor was there, and he was praying. And I really felt the Holy Spirit said to me, ask her about her salvation. But the way this pastor was praying, he was kind of praying like he, he thought or knew or assumed that she was already saved. Just the way he was praying. It was kind of like, you're, you're praying over a believer. And so that unction just, I said, well, I don't want to offend the pastor. I don't want to step on his toe. So I just didn't say anything. Okay? Two days later, two days later, we went back. The first gal we prayed for, she was still alive. The other one, she died. Now, I don't know where she's at for sure, 
I'll tell you what, I would feel a whole lot better if I would have just obeyed Christ and said, hey, are you, do you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior? It took three seconds. What could she have said? No. What's the worst? The pastor could have rebuked me. Okay, I'll take the rebuke, but. But instead, my delayed obedience, I don't know what that cost. The point of this whole thing is purpose to pursue God. When in, yes, don't, when, when you're always, what is it somebody said? It takes, it takes 15 minutes, 15 seconds of courage. It's all it takes. 15 seconds. 15 seconds to be brave enough to put it out there. What's the worst that's going to happen? Somebody yell at you, give you a dirty look, think you're a freak? They already think that. If visitors, I love you. I'm so glad you're here. If your car's in the, I won't. I shouldn't tell them, should I? If your car's in the parking lot, they already know. It is the place to be, in my opinion. But I passed this place. So, next week I'm going to talk about in His presence. It's where He speaks to you and gives you assignments, and gives you the encouragement and the anointing and all that that goes with it. To do what he's called you to do. So this week, I encourage you, I challenge you, purpose. You don't have to spend four hours, but you, be, you would not believe. All of a sudden, you get into the word of God, and God starts speaking to you, and an hour is gone, and you're like, where did that hour go? Because you're in his presence, or you get in prayer, or, or you get lost in worship. And really, this is my last story. There was a guy driving down the street, and he was speeding down the highway, and his worship music on, and he was honestly lost in worship. You know, the, you know the guy, you know the story. Lost in worship. And the police come behind him, and they wheeze with the lights, and, and he pulls over, and I mean, he's just such in the, lost in worship. Now, obviously, he's, he's driving. He's not blind, but he's just so caught up in God. And the police officer comes to the window, and he rolls down the window and says, Yes, Lord. Now, if I'm the cop, I'm saying, yeah, all right, we're good. You're on your way, man. I mean, can you get so caught up? It's like, it's, I'm telling you, per, if you un, unless you purpose, this, folks, this does not happen by accident. You're not going to roll out of bed and all of a sudden the Bible jump in your hands and the Bible flip open. You've got a purpose to do this. And I promise you, if you purpose to do these things, you watch and see if your life will not be transformed. There's a guy in Cedarville that is in revival right now in his own personal life. And I'll tell you how he started. He said, I decided, he gets up at 5.30 more, I decided I'm not watching the news. I put on some worship music, and I got two or three scripture verses, and I read those and meditated on it, and I worship God. This guy walks in glowing. I mean, he's got a smile that you just can't shut down. This is a man that stood and publicly repented a couple of weeks ago for some things. I'm like, what? All because he purposed to get in the presence of his God and it changed his heart in, in, in transforming his life. And I'm going to tell you the blessing he has been to so many. But guess what? We're waiting for revival. Revival's going to hit. Let it hit. 
Let me give you some revival. And it's not a Benny Hinn thing. Right here is where it starts. You know, we're going to see a mass revival, but it's going to start in you, and it's going to start in me, and it's going to start in you, and it's going to start in you, and it's going to start in you, and it's going to start in you. And guess what? We're just going to walk in this place. Everybody's going to have that 1,000-watt beam on their face, and they're just going to be loving God, and that's how it happens. It isn't because somebody blows in here, and all of a sudden he, you, you're exploding. Pursue him. Purpose to do it. Amen? He still is worshiping the Lord, blowing down the highway. Yes, Lord. I mean, I mean, I can't even imagine what the police officer must have thought. Okay, we got a live one here. Praise God, Davine. Get me out of here. All right. Um, I don't know. It was a couple months ago. I think um, if you I guess we're here, not done. Um, there. Um, you remember when I was sharing that I I was playing praise music 24 hours a day, and the the Lord was. Um, had showed me that, um, like, the angels sing around the throne 24-7. There is praise to God going on. And what I was seeing as I was um, having the praise music on in the house, just quietly in the background all the time, there was, like, a beam, a beam that was connected. All I can picture, that's what it looked like. It looked like a beam. And the beam started there, and it stopped there. And um, and that's where I, I said, you know, what if everybody... And both of our churches in this region had praise music going on. There would be these beams all over the whole. Okay, do you know what I'm saying? Okay, and then just see, and that was months ago. And then um, what I saw the about, I don't know, about three days ago, I was telling Sid about this the other day, that at the bottom of the beams where they had been going for the 24 hours, the glow was kind of oozing. And um, like over here, it was just, at first it was just like this small thing. And then I looked over here and I saw another beam and the beam was oozing under doors and into like bedrooms. Like if you have kids that are struggling, that that was getting in. And I was just thinking, you know, if, if um, like I have praise music, I work at Cedarville schools, I teach there. And I have praise music when I'm not teaching going 24 hours all weekend. There's praise music going on in that school. Do it at your workplace. Do it. I mean, um, put it on in your garage if you can't have it all the time. But what I'm finding is as it's on in our house and, um, and I'm up in the night, I'm waking up and I'm, it, praise is already going in my head. Do you know what I'm saying? So have your radios tuned to you know, a Christian radio station. So when you get in, and even if you just go to the grocery store, you're in there, maybe it's five minutes. You have put into you worship. You have spent time with God if it's on in the background. And so I just encourage you because it was just this, it was just going into the streets and out of people's house. So um, you're, it's like a, you're hooked up, right, with that praise music 24-7. And if you want a, a Bible verse on that, what does God say to do for a spirit of heaviness? Garment of praise. So there it is. And there's heaviness everywhere. Amen. Let me pray for you. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to hear your word. I pray, Lord, that the people understood, Lord, that, that you, Holy Spirit, just speak to people's hearts. 
Lord, that we will purpose to do these things as we pursue you, enter your presence. Lord, and I thank you that you will renew us, you will refresh us, you will revive us. And Lord, then you will give us the assignment, and we know what that is, to go and win the lost. And we just thank you for it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Well, God bless you guys. We will see you Saturday night right here for Movie and Pizzas.